0: Welcome to the Whiskey Congress, honest, open talk, dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left, most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the
1: evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steve and I are together in the Cleveland studio. How you doing, man?
0: Good man, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, doing great. I had a very productive week, uh, considering how little I've heard from you this week. I know you've been busy as hell, so yeah, oh, man. I Won't drag you into that. Yeah, no,
0: it was just it was, you know crazy week, a lot of different things going on, and then the week ended with a, a uh, groundbreaking event for a project that we've been working on, and we had uh, Senator Sherrod Brown in and uh, Madam Secretary Marsha Fudge, um, you know, come in. She's the Secretary of HUD, um, and uh, you know, it was it was a good event. Um, I, you know, a lot of people were excited about it. And you know, with me working in development, you know, it's a it's an important milestone. But the reality for me is, like, talk to me when we get it built and we're getting people moved in, right. and or a person this,
1: is actually benefiting from this. Yeah, let me let me do
0: a ribbon cutting. You know, I mean, like, there's a lot of work that we still need to do to do to get to a point where we're you know building, digging, and going vertical. And so, like, that's what I'm focused on, you know, so all the pomp and circumstance for, yes- for yesterday, you know, and it was interesting because as Marshall Fudge began to speak, we had some protesters outside, right? Like, so oh. it's at an outside event, but there was, like, a big tent set up, and actually, I was impressed. I thought I was going to be standing in a mud field, but they actually basically made a little tent building that was heated, and we were protected from the rain, but there were some protesters outside, so I had stepped out to make a phone call and ended up engaging these protesters, and because they were worried, oh, you're going to gentrify the neighborhood, you're going to push all the, you know, the poor old black people out, and this whole thing. And mind you, it's a bunch of white kids, right? <laughs> you know, your standard progressive crowd, um, with a few, uh, you know, there there were some black kids sprinkled in there, you know. And when I say kids, I mean, if they were 24, that would be, you know, that feels like they were almost. There's no way they were that old, but okay, fine ended up having a good discussion with them and explaining what we were doing and it's not that and you know ended up they ended up coming back to my office which isn't far from where you know we had the event and I literally walked them through the plan and they're just like oh this is a good plan and we need more of this and like yeah so, so instead you of shut the fuck up right like so it's just like so instead of protesting everything then why don't you just like cuz all that they all they had to do was like come inside and listen to kind of what we were talking about um but it was it was a good opportunity i think that was the biggest thing that came out of it was being able to not necessarily to shut the protesters down but to get them to see it from our vantage point you know we recognize that what we're doing isn't going to fix everything in that neighborhood but we need additional help right and so a lot of the problems that you and i discuss on the show as it relates to kind of the the state of our union um you know, there's no one bill that's going to be passed in Congress that's going to solve all the problems. There's no one piece of legislation that's going to be the 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 magic key. But you know, if you can get you know consensus and buy-in from different groups that see things from a different perspective ideologically, then you can get a lot of work done, right? Like because like, and my thing to the group was, look if there's another group or institution that isn't involved in this project that you think can be beneficial, bring them to me, right? Like bring them so I can figure out a way if they fit and if I can get them involved, I'm not married to any one idea, right? The only thing I'm married to is making the place better than, you know, better when we're done than, than when we found it. Um, or, you know, when this project started. So, you know, and what that means is, is that if we got to change direction a little bit, or we got to bring in other groups, like I'm not this, I don't have all the answers. But if we get a bunch of people who know different things, then yeah, we can we can do a lot of good. So, um, you know, that I think that was the biggest, biggest benefit of yesterday. And it, it was a long day, man, it started for me at 5 a.m. to go to the gym and then rolled all the way through the event, which was done at 4, and then I got these kids back in my office until, like, 6, and then I'm speaking at some other community event, you know, from 7 to 8. So I didn't get home last night until 9 o'clock.
1: You know, but, you know, worth it for for good causes. You know, so there's two things I want to uh, throw out there. It's annoying to me that these kids are protesting and they clearly didn't know what they were protesting, but I also want to give them some credit for... Rather than just shouting and being whatever, saying, okay, uh, now we see more of this, and um, we were wrong, and we're happy about this. Right. So so credit, uh, as much as I want to blame them for not knowing what the fuck they were talking about to start, having the uh, uh, courage have the maturity or whatever to say, oh, this is a good thing. You know, it takes, in, takes in, intellectual And in a, in a big it. part
0: of that was like, acknowledging some of the stuff that they were saying, right? Because they're just like, well, building housing isn't going to stop crime. Like, you're right. It's not. Right, like we're a housing authority. Like we only have right. control over so much. In in order for the crime to go down, we need buy-in from the people who live here, and we also need help from the police, and we need help from other institutions and people that are willing to come into the neighborhood and contribute some way, shape, or form. Um, and eventually, like I think one of the biggest things is to actually listen to people. Um, and if they're saying something that's right, even if it doesn't, even if it goes against your narrative or goes like it doesn't, whatever. Um, acknowledging it and then saying, all right, look, you're, you're right, but talk to me about how we can fix it within the framework that we have, right? Cause I have certain parameters that I have to work in based on where I work, right? And then let's go with it from there. Right. And, and I think when you, when you get off the idea that you have to be right and that you have right. to get other people to be right the way you want them to be right, when you get away from that it gets, it just makes things easier to communicate with people. And, you know, we're going to talk about some different things going on here and, and are we, well, maybe not, but, you know, I mean like a lot, there's a lot going on in Washington right now with Biden and his plan and these, you know, the build back better and the infrastructure, you know, and you've got mansion and cinema who are, you know, kind of, that are holding things up and, you know, there's things getting stripped down, you know, every day there, you know, something else is getting stripped out. Um, and And I think there's a lot of I don't know how much good faith negotiation is happening. Um, and and a big part of it is you know the 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 money, the the corporate money that's that's in our political system um in 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 our government that prevents people because they want the money that comes that comes with the sure. lobbyists and everything. like they they everyone has these lines in the sand that they're drawing. And it's not because they're looking out for the best interest, but they're they're, in, they're they're more worried about being reelected. They're more worried about book sales. They're more worried about however this can influence or impact them in a positive way. And we we just have example after example of why it just the, the system is broken and doesn't work when with that framework.
1: Yeah, I mean. So many things there. But I want to jump change gears, though, because yeah. I want to talk about uh, the January 6th commission yeah. and how Trump is working very hard to prevent a lot of stuff from coming out. Yep. Now, I'm not going to do the what if our guy did it thing. right? Maybe I'm a little bit because the desire to keep this information from getting out to me only has one purpose, and that purpose is, oh, shit, I don't want this being made public. Frankly, I don't think it fucking matters if it does. I think if there's a handwritten note notarized by Donald Trump saying... I want to overthrow the government because I want to stay in power. The people who hate Trump will continue to feel the same way, and the people who support him will continue to support him. I don't think there's anything uh, to change.
0: You know, I mean, uh,
1: yeah, I mean,
0: I, I agree, and I, and I think that's just kind of where everybody is, unfortunately. But I don't, I don't think that there, I don't think that there's a smoking gun, right? I don't think that there's a, you know, recording of a phone call. I don't think there's an explicit note that says hey, we want them to break in and do this and do that. I think that there's enough uh, uh, um, circumstantial sort of, if you piece it all together and then, you know, you're willing to make certain assumptions that you can get to a place that's very nefarious. Um, You know, or maybe there is a smoking gun. But I think really this with Trump is, it's really him making sure that he stays in the limelight. Right Because for Trump to be effective, Trump needs to be seen. Trump needs to be heard. He needs ways to get his message out there. You know, he's been banned from Facebook. He's been banned from Twitter. And so he's got to constantly figure out a way to stay relevant. Um, and, you know, is there anything in there worth suing? I don't even know if Trump knows one way or another. It's more of a, well, just fight him just to fight him, right? I mean, and that that I think through his administration, that was much of what they did. You know, instead of, well, yeah, that's the, you know, there's these unwritten rules that you have to show your taxes, but there's no actual rule, so fuck it, we're not showing our taxes. Is there anything in there that could get him in trouble? Yes, no, maybe, I don't know, you know, but in reality, I mean, because we've seen enough snippets of it where, you know, he's got some pretty good tax people, you know, Trump, I don't know if his, I I don't think is the the brightest light on the tree, but he's got some pretty smart people that work for him, um, at least in their particular field. Now, what they do once they start talking in public is different, but... I, I think that in reality for Trump, a lot of this is let's just make a big mess, right? And you know, just shake things up to the point where people get tired of hearing about this, they get tired of hearing about that. There's so many legal battles that get tied up with lawyers and motions and all this other shit that eventually they move on to something else And you know we can slowly pull our way out of a lawsuit over time. Once people start to kind of forget about it, and the the media lets it fade, and then the next thing that comes up, they do the same thing.
1: Well, I think there's a few people who are also um, hoping this stays quiet because I think Jim Jordan, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and perhaps other members of Congress have their hand in the cookie jar, yeah. And they, and again, that's why I said that's why I said like, look, I think is there a, a
0: Definitive smoking gun that says you know we're right. Jim Jordan, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and, and all these other we're sitting around a table with you know the Proud Boys and the Oath Keeper saying all right,
1: Pet- petting a hairless cat right petting <laughs> you know
0: and saying all right all right we're gonna break in here and then like this is where this place is this is where, and then you do this and you do that I don't know if you're gonna get those sort that sort of specifics like I don't know if that actually exists. But I think there's probably enough evidence of something that happened. Where if you put it all together, you have enough pu- puzzle pieces to figure out the picture, um, and where that gets you with congressmen and senators in terms of being able to charge and indict and everything else, is eh, iffy. You know, I mean, we're still. I mean, we've got Venmo payments. You know, Venmo receipts of Matt Gates. You know, paying for sex and getting a a minor across state lines for sex and everything else, and. We're still waiting on charges. Right. You know what I'm saying? So well, I mean, we said
1: that a long time ago. We said when, yeah. when, when when the TYTs out there were celebrating the upcoming demise of Matt Gates, we both said call Ain't me hap- right, right. call me when there's an
0: actual indictment. Um, you know, and and just to be clear, I'm not celebrating the fact that this is happening to Matt Gates because ultimately what that means is that there, there's a, at least one victim here, right? And and I don't wish that upon that particular young girl, right? I'm not happy about this, I don't celebrate it. It's, you know, if it comes out to be true, it's, it's revolting. Um, and I, I really just don't enjoy seeing people burn just for the sake of seeing people burn because I don't like them or I don't agree with their ideology. Um, but I do believe that if that's something that he did, if he did a cr- commit that type of crime, which is pretty gross and vile... That he needs to be punished for it, whether he's a congressman or a fucking
1: janitor. Well, he should no longer be a congressman. is the is the key takeaway from that. Well, I mean,
0: I, and if, I think if like once he if he gets indicted, then I think that you then I think that there's got to be a move to to remove him, right? But I mean, I just you know, but until you get something official, right? We can't sure, we sure. can't go we can't continue down this line. Like I was never a fan of Al Franken, um, but. In reality, should he have, you know, had to resign the way that he did? No. Um, But, you know, that's – but now we have a situation where you've got some pretty serious allegations, but once those turn into official charges, he got to go, right? Guilty or not, like, you can't – like, I I can't have you charged with this sort of shit and then still be in Congress. I'm sorry.
1: Right. Well, it's pretty much useless useless in Congress anyway, so there's one reason why that wouldn't change. Uh, But I think Jim Jordan, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and he also have some – Accountability for January 6th that could put their positions at stake and probably deservedly so. But we will have to see. Uh, in the in the meantime, on the meantime, we're having a uh, a different perspective being provided by my good buddy Tucker Carlson, who is apparently releasing a documentary about the truth about January 6th. And I only seen the trailer. I don't frankly know when it comes out. Um, I do have strong suspicions that um, it's going to be pretty. Limited. Very, very. It's going to it's show a showy, very finite scope. It's oh. focusing largely on the the victims being the people who Tucker's claiming they, that there's uh, January sixth rioters or patriots is probably what he would call them uh, who are currently being held in Guantanamo Bay. Um, my understanding is that there is no validity to that. If it was true, I would be kind of like, well, they're terrorists to me, so put them there. I
0: said to put them there. Did you still so, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, really. I think I said on this show to put them there, and I I don't... You know, people are just like, that's so harsh, and that's not fair. Fuck you. You know, like, don't go to the Capitol. Don't go don't go in the door. You know you weren't invited. You know you weren't supposed to be there. There were police stopping you, and you decided to go in anyway, and at that point, you broke the law, and you were a threat to our country and to, to our democracy, and so I have no problem with people being sent to Guantanamo Bay, and if I can't be harsh on people who do that sort of thing, then who the fuck can I be harsh on, right? Right? I mean, because, and I will stand by the fact that those people were from Iran, if those people were from North Korea or whatever, or if they were black America, if it was an all-black crowd, if it was a Black Lives Matter protest or the Black Panthers or whoever, everybody would want every single one of their heads on a platter. They would even want their families' heads on a platter, Right. Like, I mean, so there's double standard. Well, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they were patriots. They were just unhappy about the election and they were expressing their right. Like, yeah, but there's, there's limitations. And once right. you, you know, pose a threat to the government, then the government has to react. Right. like I mean, you know, people talk about, oh, America's getting soft. America's getting soft. Like, that's the ultimate sign of America being soft. If it's just like, oh, well, you attacked our government. So it's cool, even to the point where now there are judges who are dealing with these cases, admonishing the prosecutors, because of the lack of consistency in the way that they're charging and the way that they're, you know, sort of dealing with these with these particular issues, you know, a judge came out and lambasted the prosecutors just like, look, I, like, this, this was an egregious attack on our democracy, and you are handcuffing me with these, you know, fluffy charges for people and trying to get plea deals. Like, are we, try, are, you know, are we trying to set an example here? Are we just trying to get through and look at these as process crimes? Because if that's the case, then you're wasting our time.
1: Yeah, I well, I would especially the people who are proven to have physically attacked police officers or physically, you know, if you're chanting "Hang Mike Pence" and <laughs> walking with a mob, I'm not saying that's attempted murder because that would be too far. But you get no sympathy from me. And yeah, my, I mean, my it, stands on Mike like Pence is well documented. But
0: right, but I mean, like if you attacked a police officer, if you broke a door, broke a window. Um, I think anybody who touched the American flag and pulled it down and replaced it with a, a Trump flag, a MAGA flag, or a Confederate flag, or whatever, um, you know, I mean, I think the people, you know, that were, you know, in the building that the police officer had to, you, you know, kind of distract and take the wrong way and, and to to lead them, you know, into the into the arms of backup. Um, I think, you know, all those people need to need to see some pretty heavy aggressive charges. Um, to set to set an example, right? And if your argument is, well, you know, the people are unhappy so the people have a right to to, to
1: push back. Like, well, the government has a right to push back on you when you right. push on it. Pushing back, if they're gathering outside and chanting, "Biden sucks" and do whatever, fine. Right. If you if you have a legitimate way to say, I can prove the election was stolen, file a, file a lawsuit. Sixty other folks did, and uh, none of them even got to the point of being taken seriously because they shouldn't have been. But when you march and attack, I mean. It, there were, we've talked about it a bunch of times. There were several times where I'm watching a police officer backpedaling, weapon drawn, and I'm thinking, if I'm him, I'm shooting.
0: Right, but I mean, you have instances of a of police officer just you. We have video, like there's one guy who took a flagpole, uh, you know, it was like a, a, a smaller flagpole, and like jabbed it at a police officer, hit him in the stomach, and when the police officer backed up, he threw it and it hit the guy in the face, and it left a really nasty scar. Um, and did a lot of damage that that guy's going to have on his face forever, right? Right. I mean, and it, it's just like those sort of things, like being swept under the rug as you know, people unhappy with the current right. state of politics, is not an acceptable way to look at this. And, and we can't just you know kind of get through it just to get through it. Either we're, we're we're going to we're we're going to set an example with this. Or not. And if you don't like it and if you think it's too harsh because you agree with the protesters and you're a Trump supporter and you don't like Biden and all that other stuff, then what you're saying is like, because if it was, again, if it were the other side, you would be, you know, you'd be all up in arms yourself and you want everybody's head on a platter and you want everybody to go to jail for life. Yeah. Right? If it were Democrats, if it were black people, if it were progressives or hippies or Occupy or. Black Lives Matter or whatever, you know, we would want heads on a platter, right? Like, we wanted... The, I mean, they wanted people going... To, they wanted the, you know, NFL players going to jail for kneeling. Right, right. Right? I mean, it's just... They should be fired yeah, and they're imprisoned. Just, they're, and they're disrespecting they're, the flag.
1: Right. Disrespecting the flag? Taking it down and putting up a Trump flag. Taking exactly. it down and putting up a Confederate flag. That's disrespecting the flag. Fucks. Um, but Tucker Carlson's thing, I will watch it if I get the chance, just because I watch stuff that, you know, it's said that I might not agree with. Uh, but it's interesting to me that Fox isn't even carrying it. So well, I don't know where it's, it's going to be. Barred. Well,
0: I, I mean, he, here's my thing with Tucker Carlson. Like Tucker Carlson, uh, you know, Fox has already said, "Look, you can't take this guy seriously. It's just entertainment. It's not facts. It's not news." Right. Like so, that's Fox's stance on him in, in, in court, court, right? But that matters, right? Like we can't ignore it. Like it oh. doesn't. But what I'm saying is, like, so and so Fox is looking at this and they're they're saying, "You're calling this a documentary," right? Like. There's nothing really to support anything that you're saying, but yet you're going to call it a documentary and say that these are things that actually happened and these are the reasons behind it, and that you have proof of this and that when you don't. And so I think Fox, especially considering that they're, you know, they and a number of people from Fox News are being sued by. Uh, Dominion, Dominion and yep. in, in, in others over, you know, the whole idea of the election being stolen. Fox is just like, nah, you're, you're not going to cost us money on this. You're on your own, right? Like when you put oh, this out yeah. there, you know, and try to say that this is, that this is true and factual and you're going to end up dragging someone's name through the mud who is going to turn around and sue you, we're not going to be a part of it. Yeah. Right? I mean, because I, I don't want to get into it. And my, my issue is like, some, like when this comes out, People are going to watch it and they're going to believe it, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I purposely did not tweet out a link to it or whatever. Be, well, actually, I think I did. Um, but it's buried on our timeline, so you have to <laughs> scroll a little bit. But, um, you know, it's something I, like I, I, I'm torn about it in terms of putting it out there. I, I don't want to promote it because there are people who are going to see it and think it's real. And in this clip, they're talking about, you know, the war on terrorism shifting from Afghanistan to the United States and that white people are are being targeted as terrorists and that t- that white people need to stand up and fight back otherwise they're going to be eradicated by the Biden administration because the Biden administration sees white people as a terrorist threat right like that's yeah, that's, that's pro- you like- know like that's the gist of what this documentary is saying and just like we have to we have to be careful not to give it any extra promotions to help to help, to help kind of prevent the spread so to speak speaking in covid terms um and I think we need to be We need to be very, very. We need to pay close attention to uh, the reaction to this because, if you 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 and I have talked about before, um, will it, is it the type of thing that's going to raise an army, right? Where you've got thousands and thousands of people that are you know taking up arms and ready to fight? No. But if you get a hundred guys broken up into groups of five across the country, you know, five guys with 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 you know guns, bombs, homemade bombs, whatever can cause a lot of damage um, in a short amount of time and theoretically disappear pretty quickly, although we do a decent job of tracking people down. Um, But tracking them down doesn't prevent the damage that they cause. right? And so I think we just have to be very careful about that. And then we have to pay very close attention to the response and the reaction. And then we all, I think, have to be prepared for people who take this too far, who take it the wrong way, who believe it with 100% buy-in, and then Turn around and use it as a reason to or motivation to do something very dangerous.
1: Yeah, and again, that's why I will watch it given the chance because I want to be able to see what's being said. So when people come at me with the talking points, I have the ability to um, retort them. Yeah. yeah, but but there are people who, despite Tucker Carlson, it'll probably be a small print thing. This is not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, this is for your entertainment or whatever. There'll be a small print thing, and then people will just go, "Oh, I." Nope, Believe every is, word of it. this is the truth. This is gospel. That's why I kind of, when I was saying that, you know, that's what they said in court, that's, you're right, that's where it matters, because that's where there's legal consequences if they do not tell the truth. But the people who follow this asshole don't pay any attention to that. They're just, he's on the news, he's on the only network I trust, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, yeah, it's something we need to keep an eye out for. So last week we talked about Alec Baldwin and the accidental shooting of the woman on the uh, set of the movie Rust. And this has really brought out a lot of ugly. Yeah. A lot of people, I mean, um, just coming at Alec Baldwin, using this event as a way to take shots of Alec Baldwin. I, I I do like Alec Baldwin as an actor. I like a few of his movies a lot. I love the movie Malice came out years ago, one of my yeah, favorite movies. That, yeah. um, the uh, But Don Trump Jr. now has a shirt that says, Guns don't peop- kill people, Alec Baldwin kills people. Good for you, Don. You're so fucking clever. But to try to profit off of this, which is what selling shirts is doing, is just gross. And you're just a fucking douchebag. And Bobert did another thing with, like, calling back an Alec Baldwin uh, thing about hands up, don't shoot. Hey, can I have one of those shirts? Now, fuck off. You're just trying to take a jab at a Hollywood elite when something bad happens. And you're completely ignoring the fact that someone died in all this. I think, you know, part,
0: like, the big thing, like, everything I've seen, especially from the gun community, is... They are rejoicing in the fact because he's, uh, you know,
1: outspoken anti-gun, anti-gun
0: yep. right? Like he's been anti-gun for a long time. And I mean, I think especially if you're an actor who's in movies with guns, you need to curtail your message, right? Like him, David Patista, you know, guys like that. It's just like, look, you're going to sit here and talk about anti-gun, but yet you're in movies all the time with you know, with with lots, of, gun with, with lots guns. of guns, right? Like, I mean, I, I don't know a movie that I've seen David Batista in other than the Avengers that doesn't involve him holding a gun, right?
1: And it, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything but the Avengers movies, to be honest. Right. Well, I, I mean, have You know, I mean,
0: he, I, I can I can think of a of a number of movies where he was in. I mean, he was in the uh, the. Uh, well, the, uh, we don't need to go yeah, through yeah, the, yeah. his his with film the IMDb filmography of, of right. David Batista is not. But but my point is is that they're taking a lot of joy because he's anti. Uh, he's, you know, he's anti-gun and, you know, to a degree that's coming back to bite Alec Baldwin because Alec Baldwin admittedly doesn't know anything about guns, doesn't want to learn anything about gun safety, um, talks about being anti-gun, but it's just like, look, it's like, if, if you believe that, you know, like access to guns needs to be, needs to be limited. Okay, fine. But if you're going to be on a movie set and you're going to make a movie, a Western, which is primarily about guns, right? Yeah. Um, then you need to be smart enough to 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 learn you know some of the basic rules of gun safety, right? Yeah. And I think that there's there's like now you know this situation is really ugly because you had some people who walked off the set because of you know some some conflicts with the union, and then he brings in you know some some lower tier people to deal with the guns, and there's questions about you know what their qualifications were and their history and their past and you know their involvement with other incidents on movie sets. Um, and again, Alec Baldwin was the producer of this film, so from a legal standpoint, in terms of liability, him, his studio, or the, the you know the studio that produced it, like that, like there's he is going to pay a price in the form of money. Will there be criminal? Uh, will there be criminal charges? It, you know, it, it it went from we don't know a lot to we know a hell of a lot more. It's still not that much. It's not much more clear, um, but he's got some serious concerns right i my only thing was you know when this first happened and we were talking about it last week it's like can we let more facts come out before we start you know right. celebrating that alec baldwin had this terrible thing happen because he's an irresponsible gun handler right and the more it's coming out it's just like yeah you were running some shady shit on your shit and you know, you should have had better people in place. You, should, you, you yourself should have known more and done more to kind of protect this, not only from a producer standpoint, but as an actor. You know, like if you understand basic gun safety, then maybe this doesn't happen. There's just a lot there. And I never wanted to pass off the blame to someone else, but I did want to see all involved. And there's a lot of people involved here who bear responsibility of this. Um, and and it just I don't think it I mean does this end with him going to jail probably no. not but it, it's going to end with him paying out a lot of money and there's going to be a, a lot of guilt on his shoulders for sure. a long time that ultimately it is it will be his to bear
1: yeah well and, I mean you you put a lot of this on the armorer you speculated that it was the armorer and it looks like you pretty much nailed it uh, which makes sense because that's that person's job is to make sure these things don't happen. I saw one push that we need to get guns out of Hollywood. Let computers simulate. I'm like, I forgot how fucking loud. There were protocols and procedures in place that makes things like this should never happen. Right. And because it happened once, you don't need to knee-jerk react. and With all due respect to the woman and her family who passed away, it's awful, but it's completely preventable. The system was not followed. And when you don't follow systems with things as serious as loaded guns, things like this can happen. And they never should. Right. About, you don't point a gun in a direction that you're not willing to discharge it in. Don't pull the trigger unless you know your target and beyond. Always treat a gun as if it's loaded. Those are all these basic, right up front, things you learn when you're 10 years right. old and your dad takes you shooting for the first time. Well, that was me. Um, you know, that's those three things were laid out right, right away and um
0: and you know obviously those things weren't followed but i mean now there are there things that hollywood could do yeah i mean because there's gun manufacturers out there who make specific guns that look exactly like the real thing right that feel real and they sound real but they can't fire a real bullet right where like you can if, if you put a real actual live right. round in it won't fit in the chamber and you can't shoot it um, you know, so should there be a bigger push for weapons like that and to get, you know, and listen, I mean, gun manufacturers would be very, very wise to get hit to that and make that a part of their regular manufacturing, uh, uh, uh cycle. The only, know? the only thing
1: though that comes with the difficulty of if those, if guns that can't actually go off, get on the streets, you end up with situations like Tamir Rice, where kids end up with these things, they become. Yeah. I mean, okay. Uh, like Just I, hold on. Like, I mean, like, Really,
0: no, I mean, not not really. If they're only made for specifically if, for Hollywood if if, studios, if, like, if they're controlled. right. I mean, in and, and guns can be controlled, right? I mean, like I mean, we we don't do a good job of it, but part of that's because we don't want to, especially when it comes to real guns because of money, right? I mean, but when it comes to something like that, you should be able to control them better, and the gun industry would be smart to to really think about that as a whole. Um, Now, will they? No, because they've made this as much about politics as anyone else has made anything else, right, in the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. So they're going to put a hard line in the sand that, you know, guns are great no matter what. It's not the guns. It's the people. So screw you. We're going to keep making guns the way we make them and mass produce them. And whatever happens, happens. It's not our fault. That's going to be their stance, and that's going to be their line in the sand. But it would behoove them to move off that stance. Otherwise, like, they're going to see even more pressure you know, it's already starting than they've seen in the past. Um, and who knows how long they can withstand it? You know, I mean, I guess sure. the question is, should they be able to? You know, I'm a strong gun advocate. At, you know, I mean, I just got a new one uh, this week. And um, it is, you know, I, I have my stance on, on guns. But look, if the gun industry can't see that they need to make some changes to adapt, then whatever happens
1: to them, happens to them. Well, I don't think anything's going to change. And I, I really don't think in this particular instance it should need to because if you follow the procedures, there should always be a second check. There should – anyway.
0: Yeah, that's – I mean, and that's all right. You know, I mean, I, you're, you're 100% right and I think there's nothing wrong with backing that. But I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at alternatives too right. that can protect pe- – I mean, because sure. w- humans okay. sometimes – a lot of times we suck, right? <laughs> like following procedures, like we're trying to cut corners, we're trying to save money, we're trying to save time. All, like we cut corners all the time, so if if we can make it so that we don't have, there's less corners to cut, right? There's just sure. a direct line to safety with fewer steps and f- less reliance on people doing X, Y, and Z. Right now, it's just a, all right. As the armorer, it's your responsibility to make sure that you get Holly, you know, gun, you know, Smith and Wesson Hollywood X guns right like that's that's your job and if you bring an actual live gun that can shoot live rounds on the set then there's going to be responsibility, liability on you if something bad happens, right? I mean, like, the, like we need to start thinking about, like, if we're going to have these policies and procedures in place, then maybe we need to step them up and put more on the professionals who know the guns,
1: right? Right? Like, you well, got a guy having like... Having armor who actually knows guns. I mean, I don't... This girl was 24 years old and apparently yeah. grew up in Hollywood.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and someone sent me a picture of her and just like, this is the person who did it, right? And all they did was send me a picture. They didn't oh, right. send me any sort of background on her. They didn't send me, they just said, look at her, right? And she had like dyed hair and, you know, you know multiple okay. piercings and stuff like that. See, this is the person, right? Like, so I'm like, I, dude, I don't know who this chick is. I don't know how, like, it was literally just a picture from her Instagram profile. I have... I don't even know okay. if it was actually her, but I think it, it, it was. But I was like, that picture doesn't tell me anything. That picture doesn't tell me anything about her history, her background. You know what I mean? Like, she could be a fucking military sniper for all we know. Who knows, right? Like, that picture doesn't tell me anything. But as we learn more about her, it's just like, yeah, she probably wasn't the right person to have on this set. Right. Right? Not because she was a woman, but because of her lack of experience and her overall experience wasn't great. And so that made her a liability and it cost someone their life. Yep.
1: Yeah. No, again, I hate to blame her, but what do I always say? I don't you hate. You, I blame I didn't you, even you, know her, and I was blaming her from right, the right, get go right, you had one job. Right, your one job is don't let this happen, and you didn't do your one job. I know right. I do my.
0: I mean, and what's crazy is that in the where the live ammunition came from is that people took the guns out, decided to go do some target shooting off in the desert, in the desert, and then live ammunition got mixed in, and it wasn't you know what I mean like no one checked to make sure everything was still separated and all made sense. Um, and it's just like that, and th- that should never happen. Those guns should not have been allowed to be taken out to go shooting with live rounds in them. Those guns should have been under lock and key and yes. should have only been used for scenes. And the fact that they said, all right, yeah, go take them and play with them. We'll figure it out later. And you
1: cost someone their life. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, so the Texas stand your ground law is going to get a pretty serious challenge. Man named, uh, Terry Dwayne Turner, 65 year old Texas man, small town, Texas guy wakes up in the middle of the night. Uh, early in the morning, didn't sp- uh, doesn't say exactly what time, and there's a car in his driveway that's not his. He goes out to confront, he grabs a handgun, goes out to confront the person in the car. In between him grabbing his gun and coming back out, they had turned their headlights from off to on and are backing out of the driveway and going to drive away. He opens fire, killing the driver. 31-year-old Adil Duhani. I'm hoping you're saying that close to right, um... He claimed that the driver had a gun. There was no gun found on the... He claimed the driver pointed a gun at him. There was no gun in the, recovered in the car. Um, so he's been charged with first-degree murder. This sounds to me like someone who was real trigger-happy. And if, if someone's driving away from you, let them drive away. They were in your driveway. It appears he was just turning around and, like, checking on a map because he was traveling home from out of town and was lost. And, you know, why he pulled into that particular driveway, I don't have any idea. But pulling this, I, I do it all the time. I'm, you know, p- go down the street and, uh, shit, I'm going the wrong way. Pull into a driveway, do a quick turnaround. And I'm not going to lie, the thought of some psycho coming out when I pull into the driveway usually pops into my head. Now, I'm usually in and out of there so fast. But, you know, he pulled over to look at his phone and got killed. And this does not sound like Mr. Um, Turner yeah, Mr. Turner was standing his ground. It sounds to me like he went out looking to shoot someone and did so
0: when you know at my last job i traveled a lot into uh like the carolinas maryland virginia right. stuff like that and there was a time a few years ago um i we were in north carolina and me and my boss were, were i was driving and we were looking for a site you know this piece of land that we wanted to you know buy and build on but we hadn't seen it right and sure. and so we're just trying to track it down and we had we had missed it right because it was back in a wooded area So we're back, like outside of like Greenville, North Carolina, right? Which is not the most well popular. You know, it's
1: a relatively rural area, right? I was mixed up Greenville and Greenboro. That's one that's more inland, right? Greenville is yeah, okay. So so
0: so we go past it and we figure out we need to turn around. So I pull into this driveway and the house was set. I don't know, like maybe like 20 yards back, and then you could see like the driveway would keep going into like a farm and a barn and all this other stuff. And I pull in the driveway and I'm just like, all right, so we're going back the other way, right? And he's kind of like looking, looking, looking. We see somebody come out and they come out and they pick a shotgun up like front that was like, you know, on like somewhere hidden behind the railing that we couldn't see. You know, I just happened to look up and the person is just looking and we just kind of waved and then I put it in reverse and pulled out, you know, my boss was like, what the fuck was that? I was just like, man, we are, we're in the South. It may be North Carolina, but this is still the South. And, you know, like, that was dumb on my part, we should have just pulled in, you know, figured, you know, turned around and figured it out as we drove. But, like, I understand what the the victim, like, I I get exactly what they did. Um, And I think I agree with you wholeheartedly that this wasn't a person standing their ground, right? Like, this is a person that you know has has taken the idea of standard your ground and castle doctrine and all of those things and conflated it into like they basically are thinking like my rottweiler thinks about my house right if somebody walks past my house my dog loses their shit right this person is like oh, you pulling my driveway you are now a threat to me and now i can right. you know i can execute you on the spot because i'm going to stand my ground and this is my castle and in the law is on my side like well, no, it's not. Like, if you're just shooting people just because they're in the vicinity of your home or they're turning around in your driveway, right? I mean, it's just, you know, it's really unfortunate. Um, and, you know, that's that's bad for people who support the Second Amendment. That's bad for people, uh, you know, in the gun community because, you know, like, that's going to be used, that guy can be used as a poster child as to, you know, why we need more gun control laws because people yep. like this are dangerous and they're not wrong in terms of the the danger that people like that pose, right? Like, I mean, people like that are absolutely dangerous and are absolutely shouldn't, clearly shouldn't have a gun because of that process, right? Like, and I don't think that anyone should have to be a sitting target in their own home or in their car or -hmm. even at their workplace. I, I, I firmly believe that they should have the right and the ability to defend themselves, but you need to be defending yourselves and not making assumptions that you're under attack when someone is just turning around in your driveway.
1: right. You know, right? I'm, yeah. So he's been charged. We need to. It's, it's kind of on us to keep an eye on this as it progresses through the legal system. But it sounds like a really weak case for self defense.
0: It does. And in, and in, in, again, this is where in the gun community, the the, the 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 gun community is doing a doing itself a disservice, as many groups with special interest groups are. Because they're not going to do, they're not going to do, they're not going to come at this the right way. They're not going to, they're not going to admonish the shooter, right? They're either going to stay silent or they're going to try to figure out a way to defend him, right? Like most people, like they they either will say nothing or they will try to figure out a way to defend the shooter because Second Amendment, blah, 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 blah. like that. and, And that's, that's the problem where they can't, they refuse to acknowledge that, you know, like that guy did the wrong thing. And right. He needs to be punished for it, right? Like instead, it's going to be, oh, I mean, once that person pulls in the driveway, it's trespassing, and he has every right to shoot. It's Like, so there's no, there's no nuance, there's no grayer. It's just right. like you should be able to shoot anybody that is that that what that even remotely looks like they're near your property. Like, come on, um, and their their lack of reasonable on this, reasonableness on this doesn't help their stance, right? Well, I mean, will it will it hurt them? No, ultimately, because the people who disagree with them. And that are on the complete opposite end of the spectrums are going to believe what they're going to believe, and there's no nuance or right. or gray area with them either. But I mean, this this is the, the I don't have faith that the gun community is going to respond the right way to this. They're either going to, like I said, say nothing or say the wrong thing, um, and it just doesn't help anything. It puts
1: someone like you and me in a difficult spot because I think when it comes to gun control, I'm more leaning towards the liberal side of things. I would tolerate things. Differently than you would. But we're both gun advocates. We both own firearms. And when someone who's, quote unquote, on our side says ridiculous shit like, well, he we should have never been in the driveway in the first place. All right, you're right. making a... Well, you're, it's just you're, like, I can't even... Yeah, I, I can't I even... Can't, write. Right. Like, you're just like, all right, I, I worked with no. a guy who was an asshole years ago. And he was claiming that if anyone ever violated his personal space, he had the right to, you know shoot them. I'm like, dude, if someone bumps into you in the grocery store, sorry, no, you can't do that. You can't just... Whoa, you've never gotten into my space. I'm like, you're just... What if someone
0: cuts you off on the road, right? Is that your personal space? Can you you just shoot them, right? I mean, which, you know, road rage and people reacting poorly to road rage is also, right, like an issue that has gotten people into trouble. You know, we had uh, the the guy from the New Orleans Saints who got killed, I think it was, Will Smith, I think. It was. Um, you know, all you know hit that whole thing stemmed right. from uh, road you know, a, a road rage and cutoff sort of situation. It's just like, you know, people are losing their lives, and and it's just it's it's really difficult when you're a gun advocate and a Second Amendment advocate to have an actual intellectual conversation, just an objective, fair conversation. If you know the gun control people are unrelenting, and if the gun advocates are unrelenting, and you recognize that there's just like the whole idea of standing your ground in these arguments, right, in these discussions about these different topics, uh, it's really, it's clearly getting us nowhere, right? right? Everyone says they have to do it because if they give an inch, then would they're t- everyone's right. tired, like everyone's tired of being pushed around, so no one's willing to give an inch, and everyone would re- would rather stay behind the line that they have set because they they uh, they right. have deemed that this is the on- the right way and the only way. So they're willing to sacrifice everything, right? Which sounds noble, but it's kind of bullshit because you're not. Because what you're not willing to sacrifice is your ego, right? That's what you're not willing to sacrifice. Like, you can't admit that you're wrong. That's what you won't sacrifice, even when it's staring you in the fucking face. So you're willing to tear down our democracy over your ego is really where we're at, right? And there's a lot of people who aren't going to like it, and I don't think you give a fuck. You know, I mean, because I have no problem admitting and acknowledging when I'm wrong and I'm more than willing to sit down at the table and listen. Like I've changed my mind on a lot of things over time and you can call me wishy-washy all you want, but I I frankly don't give a fuck about being wishy-washy. I just want what's best for the most people that we can get. And the idea that if I have this idea that I'm unrelenting on that, I won't move on under any circumstances, there's no way that you could change it. Then I'm going to find myself more often than not backed into a really dangerous corner. And, right for a guy like me, that is not a good place to be.
1: Well, and it's, um, I mean, we've said this on the show years ago, but in 20 years ago, I was one of those guys saying systemic racism is dead, that there's no institutional racism. I was wrong. But at the time I believed that because I was frankly uninformed. And as I learned more things, I went, okay, I that was a bad take by me. And now I'm looking at 20 years ago, me going, yep, you were wrong. <laughs> get get Right. Um, and that's to, people just hate doing that. It's too, too bad. But it's going to stay in Texas, and I want your thoughts on this, because the NAACP um, is basically setting out letters saying to black athletes, don't take gigs in Texas, uh, or maybe just athletes in general. It's a protest, the abortion laws and the voting restriction laws and the Texas ban on uh, vaccine mandates. But they're basically saying, stop using your talent to go to Texas, to send a, a message to the state of Texas regarding,
0: okay. F- first of all, I, I screwed it up. I saw NAACP. I was thinking NCAA, NCAA? and I was so confused. <laughs> I'm like, what?
1: What? If but, it makes you feel better. I did the same thing when okay, I, was the I was
0: so confused. I'm like, uh, I, I don't know who I need to yell at, but so I need to yell at somebody. But okay, I got it. The NAACP, the National Institute of Nonsense, got it.
1: Okay. I'm not a fan of the NAACP. Okay. okay. Well, I mean, this to me is one of those things where they're trying to make headlines, they're trying to make a splash. But are you really going to tell athletes don't go to the state that's going to pay you a lot of money? And by the way, there's no state income tax, so it's kind of an appealing state for you to go be an athlete in. Because, look, because it's a, it's as, a, as if it's going to impact their lawmakers. It's, it's hard.
0: This is this is another one of those things where, on the one hand. It, it all like you have the money aspect, right? Like in in we live in a country where for the longest time it's just go get as much money as you can, that's it, and that's kind of gotten us into a, a funky place where now money and profits really drive everything. They just drive, you know. I mean, and not that wrong, they not wrong. that they haven't always, but we are just so far removed from the idea of there's something more than just profits and money, right? Like we've got billionaires who can literally go to, who can afford to fly themselves to space, right? But the idea of them paying additional taxes to help pay for social reforms and things like that is just gross to them and they feel that they shouldn't have to and they have mass support for it, right? right? As opposed to, you know, them saying, you know what? Even if I gave up, you know, $100 million a year, Right, which is, for some of these guys, for a guy like a like a Elon Bezos, Musk yeah. or a Jeff Bezos, or even a, you know, and Bill Gates is pretty philanthropic, but I, I don't know how opposed to taxes Bill Gates is. I really, you know, I honestly, I kind of don't care about these guys' opinion. Like, if they jump in and say, yeah, I'm willing to pay, great, but I just assume that they, that none of them want to, but the fact that they're just not even willing to, to to bend on it at all, like don't touch any of my money. It's all my money. I pay enough through payroll taxes, and and just my like you know Elon Musk's whole thing is sort of like, well, I brought this whole electric car thing really to the forefront, and I'm you know sending people to space, and I'm going to turn that into something else. Like just me, like I am the gift to the world, right? And I'm the gift to the United States, and so therefore. I don't need to pay any more taxes than than the ways that I already pay them. Keep my money, it's all mine. I want to do the stuff that I want to do with it. And you know, I'm not giving it any. I don't want to help
1: you. You know what I mean? It's just sure. like and, 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 and spending millions and millions of dollars on taxes and bribery and ways of getting tax loopholes so you don't have to pay it. Right. Is, it's I just mean, like, or just, just paying, or just paying. And,
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like I mean and, and, and it's great. and and people are pushing are really really upset with Man Joe Manchin out of West Virginia. And Joe Manchin's stance, I think, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, obviously he's trying to keep the coal industry. And he, there's, there's some, he's, you know, not, uh, um, uh, you know, he's not much different from anyone else. But Joe Manchin's stance is like, look, you know, you guys want to do a lot. Uh, you want to, you know, you want to extend the social safety net. He's like, I'm not necessarily opposed to it. But they like, we don't have a good plan to pay for anything. And Joe Manchin has been relatively consistent with this. He didn't support Trump's tax plan right he like right. He, he was opposed to it because he was like we're doing the opposite of what we need to do we can't like if you cut taxes especially for these people like this the things that we already have we're going to have less money to pay for and you know social uh, social security and like those things are running out of money so the idea that we're going to cut taxes for people who are making you know hundreds of millions of dollars and billions of dollars is insane and he's been consistent with that and now, I, I'm not saying that he's the most, uh, uh, um, you know, like, he's not doing this for the out of the goodness of his heart for all right, mankind, right. but that reasoning is relatively sound, right? Like, and so if we are going to push, like, and I completely support paid leave. I think, I think it's something that's really important, having had a child, right, and understanding, like, the, the importance of being home with the kid. Um, it would have been nice if I could have taken off more time and spent the first month with my daughter and, and raising her. It would it would have probably done light years to to help my you know my marriage be better and all these other things. Um, you know, and, and you have all these other countries across the world who have like fifty weeks of paid leave and right. forty weeks, and we have zero. Right. Like, I mean, you get FMLA and it's just like, yeah, you get time off. Basically, we can't fire you, but you're definitely not getting paid. So good luck, you know. Right, right. Do what you do what you gotta do as long as you need to do it. But just understand that you're not gonna get paid and when the FML when your unpaid leave, right? The time that you get paid don't with the time that you get off where you don't get paid when that runs out, then you can get fired. Right? Like so it's fucked up. Not only do you not have paid leave. But the time the time that you have to take, you don't get paid for it, and then there's a limit on that, and then you can get fired for it, right? So it's, it's a fucked up situation, um, considering how much emphasis we put on profits and making money and having things and consumerism and capitalism. It's like you have to work and you have to make money, but it's got – everything has to be – to the benefit of the organization, to the big corporation, to the bosses, right? And then we say, well, they take the risk. So, you know, I mean, it's just like, yeah, but at the same time, the people on the ground, the people doing the work are the reason why you're making that money. So maybe making things a little bit more accommodating for them and making things easier for them to do their job and not make their job so soul-sucking and making it so they don't have to make decisions that can literally wreck their entire life, Right, I mean, because if you if you if you have a kid, but you don't have paid time off, and you just have to take all this time unpaid, you know, I mean, there's some families that yeah, they're 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 they're, they're uh, uh, mid-level middle income, you know, they're right there in the middle, but then all of a sudden you lose an entire salary for a month or whatever, you know, like families can't sustain that because of the cost of inflation and everything else, right? So now you have people who refuse to take off work because they're sick, who can't take off work for more than two weeks after they have a child, or you know maybe they get some vacation time and then they have to go back early. And it causes all these issues and it's just like, like what, what are we doing, right? Like we, we're, we're so worried about profits and margins and everything else that we're willing to fuck over the people who get us there because we feel we have this infinite supply of labor where now the one thing that COVID has proved is like, nope, actually you don't, right? When sure. you've got, you know, six to seven hundred thousand people that have died that have you know, like because of COVID, and you've got even more people that have permanent disabilities, and you have more people who just left the workforce because it wasn't worth it, because childcare was so expensive, or because they found other ways to make money on their own through e-commerce or their own businesses or whatever, like all of a sudden you realize, yeah, no, there, there's not this sort of infinite supply of labor, and maybe you should treat your employees better and give and take better care of them, pay them more, give them more time off so that they can work for you and they don't hate their job every day. And they realize that there is some value to it other than being ground into the ground day in and day out until they just completely burn out.
1: And we're seeing that a lot in the service industry locally. There's lots of places that are closing, you know, two days a week now because they just can't keep people in the kitchen. Right. And i you want to work, in, work kitch- in a kitchen, I've, I've, I've done it. Yeah, and it sucks. <laughs> it does, but, but it, it sucks even more when you're making dirt for money. When You're making like ten dollars an hour. W- I was making, I think, three forty five. I think it was minimum wage when I was working in the kitchen. So whatever it was, maybe it was five bucks somewhere in that range. But I, it was a kind of a going thing between the waitresses and me because they would come. I only made seventy dollars today. I'm like, I make thirty dollars every day. Right. Like, and I don't have, I don't get to smile and be nice and do a good job and have people give me more money. Right. So. You know, people willing to work service industry jobs where they're getting tipped and getting tipped well, you can make a living off that. If you're making minimum wage, grinding it out in a kitchen, it's real work, it's hard work, it's pretty dangerous work. I mean, grease on floors and... Burnt, you know, I mean boiling pot, potato fire, yeah.
0: boiling water, yeah. all this sort of things, like this the wear and tear on your body, the demand. You know, a lot of these kitchens are not well ventilated. A lot of these kitchens are way too small. You're you know, you're bumping into people constantly. You have the the threat of COVID, right, and everything else. And then the the other thing too is like these people are just like, Well if I work there like, theoretically, I could get sick, and it's not so much that they're worried about COVID, but it's just like, if I get COVID and it does impact me negatively, I literally cannot afford to go to the hospital, right? It's not that they can't afford to take the time off, not th- and they can't, but they literally cannot afford to go to the emergency room. They can't afford to go to the doctor because they don't have insurance, or the insurance they have is so shitty that they're going to end up with these crazy medical bills that they will never be able to pay off. Right? Right? Like so they have to look at it from a perspective like I, I if I go there and work and get sick, then I like like they were willing to take the risk because they figure that they can keep themselves safe from, you know, they can not, you know, they can be careful when they walk around the kitchen. They can, you know, Prevent fires and all that other stuff, but COVID is just something they have less control over, and so you take yourself out of the, you know, you, you remove the that particular threat and figure out another way to do the rest of the shit you have to do in terms of making money.
1: Yeah, and you know where I stand on national health care, so yeah. Um, and something like that, by the way, would have been real nice to have uh, during COVID. Yeah,
0: I mean, and we and we kind of saw it, right? Like just with the just with the with the uh, with the vaccines, and and you know, a lot of people yeah. pointed out like. We can do other things like this, right? Like we can yeah. do diabetes medication like this. We can do other things like this as well. But again, that idea of of profiting in these companies making these billions, you know, and it's just, you know, Katie Porter out of California, she's so good at breaking down like the bullshit that corporate America throws out, right? Whether it's the oil companies or these uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies, because these pharmaceutical companies will tell you about Oh man, we spend so much money on research and blah, blah blah blah. But then she'll break it down. She's like, "Well, your marketing budget is literally seventy percent of the money that you're spending, and you're only spending ten percent on research and 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 development." So I'm not so sure, right? You know, like what you're saying is timing out. And she always has her little whiteboard. Or the last thing that I saw, she was using like a you know two jars filled with M and M's. You know, like, to, you know, like, and she was going after the oil companies and, I mean, it's great. Like, if you're, if you're the one getting grilled, it's not great, you know, because these people always end up looking like complete idiots because she's calling them on their bullshit and they have nowhere to run, you There's know. plenty of
1: bullshit to call, yeah. Right? I mean, I mean again, I've worked in Farmer for over 25 years and you always knew when, um, when there was a sales force meeting on site, because the sales force looked like a bunch of models—yeah, really good-looking guys and girls—that are taking doctors out and taking them out for steak dinners and taking them to the ball games, and all under the assumption that you're going to prescribe my drug. Well, the doctor should be making the decision based on whether or not that drug is good for their patient, not based on how much they were comped at the uh, at the titty bar by the right. guy who took them out to the you know crazy horse. Um, all right, real quick. Uh, Chappelle's show Fallout continues, and I just have one thing for anyone who's going after Dave Chappelle, I have to ask the question, did you actually watch his special? Because if the answer to that is no, shut the fuck up. I watched all but the final maybe ten minutes of it, and the only reason I didn't finish it was actually because you came by, I was watching it, and I just stopped it there and didn't resume it, and I should try to today, but stuff came up. Um... It's not his best special, in my opinion, by any means. It was a lot of. It felt like a lot of uh, him venting about the shit he got from his last special for doing jokes that uh, offended tra- the trans community. But there's nothing vindictive. There's nothing hurtful in this. He's telling stories that are, you know, most comedy. Commun- most most jokes are based in truth. To what degree depends on the situation. But you tell a joke to be funny, and often with a Chappelle guy type guy, especially, he's telling a true story that he's gonna make it funnier, but if you haven't watched it, shut up, and if you have watched it and you really think that this is a vindictive, mean thing that needs to turn Netflix on its head, I'd love to hear you make that case, because I can't. Yeah, I just,
0: you know, after after having watched it, like, I, I agree, is it his best comedy special? No, I, I agree with you, it's not. Um, I, it was funny, it did hit home on a couple different things, and there are other things like, eh, okay. Um, you know, but... One, a lot of people criticizing haven't watched it, but then those that have, that are still passionate about it, it's, it's not, it's, you know, they, they have these sort of like sacred cows, right? Right. And it's just like, well, you can't, if you're not propping up the trans community with all positive things and only telling people how great we are, you know, then any sort of criticism is an attack. And if anyone attacks us, then that can then be turned into someone that, you know, commits violence against us. And that's a threat. Therefore, you shouldn't be allowed to say that you need to be censored. You need to be shut down. That needs to be taken off. Right. Like, that's literally the thought process, Um, which I just don't buy it. I absolutely do not buy it. I just I just don't. Like I think there are like there are no especially in comedy. um, There are no sacred cows and there really shouldn't be. 100. Um, uh, you know, I mean, we just, we, this whole idea that like, well, by, by someone telling a joke about us that that therefore makes us a target. No, what makes you a target is that there are psychopaths out there who, even if you got rid of all comedy, would stop would still find a reason to hate you and hurt you right? Like, and, and, and what we need to start dealing with is the hate that people have, right? Like, Dave Chappelle is not the thing generating the hate. What the, the, What's generating the hate is deeply rooted inside those people, and that's why we need to push to help to get, like, when we, you know, when we have these people with these anger issues and and, and these different mental uh, health, con- you know, conditions and concerns, like, they, they, they need help in how to, organize that shit and how to deal with it right and even if you don't have a diagnosed condition we all have frustrations and anger and we get uh, you sure. know depressed or whatever it might be and we all need better tools in which to deal with that anger and frustration and outlets like we can't all just continue to rely on road rage and booze to 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 deal with our shit right right that just that, that, that just can no longer be accepted as the way to go oh, long day, long week, I'm gonna have a couple drinks. Like that's not getting you anywhere. It's just driving you more and more insane until you do something stupid. And we've become so much more polarized, I think, that We've you know, become more polarized and even with social media and the ability to travel and planes and trains and automobiles and everything else, we become more isolated right and every like everybody is so proud of the fact that they're antisocial and they don't like to go out and they just want to sit at home and they just want to you know watch the specific things and all this like everyone is so proud of how isolated that they love to be right but what where is that getting us right like when people tell me that like it's a huge turnoff you are just like oh i don't even like going out i just it's more important for me to get get at home and stay at home because that's the most important to me it's like what the fuck are you doing there <laughs> right, what the fuck? You just you sitting on your couch and just watching TV, you know, that, watching Tucker Carlson lie to right? you and well, you're getting well, angry. I mean, but it's not. I mean that like, and it's not even political, right? I mean, there's people who aren't political at all. You know, I mean, how many people in the fitness industry like that that's? So I'll just like to sit at home and eat peanut butter. Peanut butter is my girlfriend slash boyfriend, right? Like, I can't eat anything else. Like, well, you should probably eat less peanut butter, but you know, I, I it's just you know, peanut butter's got more fat. It's not a great protein source, although people sell it as it is. Um, you, you know, I, I just. I get frustrated with that idea of isolation. Like, I got a a friend who his big thing is, like, he won't, like, if you text him, He's not probably not going to reply to your text. He's not going to respond. He won't answer the phone if you call him. And, and his whole thing is like, I don't feel people should be able to have that much access to me. I'd just like to be isolated by myself. He also has some really severe fucking mental issues, right? He's not the type of person who needs to isolate. He needs to be engaged with society. He needs to be engaged with other people. He needs to be out. He needs to see things. And the reason why I can say that is because I've seen him in situations in public where he's seeing things for the first time that should not be the first time for a dude 42 years old. Right, you know what I mean? It's just like and because you're so isolated, like all this shit is new to you, it shouldn't be, right? But also when you can also tell when he's been by himself for an extended period of time and hasn't been out, because he's so angry and crotchety and, and competitive and defensive, right? I mean, and it's just a prime example. And yes, that's anecdotal, but we all know that that we all know multiple people like that. Right. So this idea of isolation and this idea of, you know, everyone being so wrapped up in themselves. Um, is part, is part of the problem, right? And it's just like it's just me, my thing is the most important thing and the only thing. And if you attack that thing, you're attacking me and it could lead to other attacks on me. It's like, no, there's a, you need a more global perspective, right? And just because you scream and yell about inclusion, Right, and, and, you, and, and, and you support this, or you support that, or you're an ally of this, an ally of that, but in the end you turned out you turn out to be this very selfish, narcissistic, egotistical person who you're saying all that to make yourself feel better about your own bullshit, Like then you're actually not helping. And that's where we are with a lot of the people who are going out and spouting out against Chappelle in this because they either didn't watch it or they didn't watch it closely enough and pay attention to the message that he was trying to deliver. Right? Right. And they're seeing it as an opportunity to pose themselves as allies for this, allies for that. Or they're using it as an opportunity to be able to be the spokesperson. Right, And one of the people from Netflix uh, is a trans woman who came out and was huge against it. Right, Well, someone dug into her Twitter account and she has a pretty severe issue with Asian people. Oh, right, okay. uh, really, like some of the tests were really, like the tweets were really nasty, right? Like shit that not, I mean, and i like John seen, Gruden
1: type shit or worse.
0: Oh boy, right? Like, and they were tweets out to public, right? That's and a they, good point.
1: At least Gruden was being an asshole. It, he thought privately, right?
0: Privately, like, and I, you know, you and I have our our texts back and forth sure. that are ridiculous, oh, yeah. But like some of the stuff that were in these tweets, I would never even say in a text. Right, I wouldn't even text him to you because yeah, well, I mean, I know you, you don't want a permanent like,
1: record. It? You, well, I mean, not even not that, gonna,
0: but I mean, you just were like, what the fuck? You know, I mean, and like, and some of these were really, really ridiculous. Knowing so what, what just, you do
1: text me, I'm terrified What you don't. Right. <laughs> and you should be.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, because at the, at the time you think it's funny. And then like, I, I've learned in the last couple of years that I need to pause and think, you know, even with text and conversations amongst friends, but to the broader point with this particular person they put themselves out there as, as this huge advocate of inclusion and fairness and all this other stuff and saying how hurt they were by that how could someone say all these negative things about us and our particular community? We haven't done anything, anything to hurt anyone ever, and now we're being attacked by Dave Chappelle, right? And it's just like, okay, but what about the... Asian lady that you just Ripped apart in your Twitter right. account or what about the Asian Guy that you ripped apart in your Twitter what about this Person and that person right where there's This concurrent theme about how you like At one point you literally said that you hate Asian People okay right? like so like, if you're going to put yourself out there as the spokesperson for this particular issue, like, you better have a fucking clean record your goddamn right. self, right? right? And Because now I can't take you seriously as an advocate. Now I think that you are this self-serving person that was looking for an opportunity to be the frontline spokesperson. Now you're rejecting it. I will be curious to see, like, the level of smoke that they get from the Asian community and other people you know, who are allies of the Asian community and see where they go, right? Do they bear, do, you know, I mean, do they go away and hide? Do they push back? Or do they do what some of our other known wannabe spokespeople have done and just flip and go the complete opposite direction?
1: Right. right. I mean, I thought that one, one of the things, the Chappelle thing that made me really laugh was when he said, I said it again, I don't have anything against trans people. The only group of people I have trouble with is white people, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Right. And, but... Yes, he's making a joke. <laughs> and That's a pretty good one. Um, real quick, election day is coming up on Tuesday. I've actually already voted by mail. Um, but one of the big issues here that I'll be glued to the TV over is the mayoral race and, more importantly, issue 24. So we've got one, issue 24 is a... And it's local to the city. Local to the city. Local local city. So you so can't vote sorry. for it, can you? I cannot. No. Okay, well, I did. Um, and basically, it would do what we've talked about time and again on the show, and that is make police accountable to a civilian review board and lots of police are really unhappy about this what's going to be ironic is uh justin bibb uh, is running and supporting issue 24 kevin kelly is opposing issue 24 so if issue 24 passes the the mayor won't have that direct responsibility to police investigations and holding police accountable It'll be really funny if the guy who's pushing for that to uh, be the case, meaning that there is a civilian review, review board, becomes mayor and now he's stuck with the job of doing what he wants the civilian review board to do. So you're saying if it would be ironic it if Big Wins but Twenty Four right. fails, or vice versa, or vice versa, or vice versa right,
0: yeah. right? Like Kelly wins, but then he's got to deal with Twenty Four, yes. and it's just like, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: um, yeah. I don't I, think that'll happen. I think they'll both uh, both Twenty Four will either lose or win, and Kelly will win if Twenty Four loses and and BIP will win at twenty four. I do uh, just the demographics of the city. There's no way that I can actually accurately feel like I can accurately predict it, right? Um, you know, what I mean, like you know, I'm saying, if you're voting for Kelly, you're probably voting against twenty four, and if you're voting for Bibble, yeah, you're probably voting for it.
0: Just the demographics of the city, maybe it's going to be close. I okay. think both. I think both issues are going to be tight, and I think, I think it could, I could, I think it could all go either way. Like I mean, because like you got to think too. Like I just I deal with a different I deal with a different part of Cleveland that you rarely see Sure. right like I mean you you maybe you pick someone up doing lift driving but I literally
1: work in it every day you know, I understand but I mean I was out and there s- for a couple of days doing that movie yeah and so I yeah but that's yeah. like two but days in control two days. Two two days compared to years every day I know yeah, I understand. But
0: so what I'm saying is, is there's there's a little bit different there's there's a there's a big dichotomy right there's a split um, but there's a lot of people that are sort of in between that would like to see a citizens review board but would prefer Kelly because they don't trust Bib, right? Okay. Or you've got people who really like Bib but they don't like the idea of a citizens review board. like there's it's it's more it's again, it's more nuanced. Like we saw it with our presidential election, right? Like people are just like, I really don't like Trump, but I'm gonna vote Republican for Senate or Congress. Right, right? sure. Um in other issues, right? Like I really don't like or I really like Biden. Uh, But I don't like this or that like there was a lot of mixing and matching. So I think we need to at least here locally. I I don't think it'll be that much different. And so I'm not I can't I won't even predict it because I I just I can't. I don't have a good feel for it either way. Uh, Do I support it? Yeah, I support it because we've talked about this a lot. Um, you know when we had Mike Wood Jr. on the show a number of times and this is the sort of thing that he talked about that could really drive change in the way policing is done and now we're seeing it happen in real time in our city and I think frankly I would like to see it right it's an it's absolutely an experiment we don't know if it'll work it seems like it could based off the things that you know Mike has said and other people have said um, relating to it but I mean again it it's gonna be controlled by humans and humans are fallible and you know, this could go
1: great or this could go awful. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you that it is something of an experiment, but I would say that status quo hasn't been great between Cleveland and the police department. So status uh, quo you know, ain't I'm, great. And no, status quo isn't great. I think Cleveland has gotten a lot better
0: over the last five to ten years. I think a lot of what people are hanging their hat on is, you know, Tamir Rice. Um uh you know, the shooting with where, where all the police chased down those two people right. and shot we up their the, car the car and, yep. Yep. and all that other stuff. So I mean I think a lot of that is in and, and listen, there's no reason people should forget any of it. And I think, you know, they we should continue to hold their feet to the fire, but I think Cleveland police has been better. I think there's a lot of room for growth and for them to get even better than they had you know, to to sure. get more better, uh better err. <laughs> but um you know, I mean, it, it still will be interesting to see how this plays out. I would like to see it, um, you know, it ties directly, you know, I have sure. to deal, you know, one way or another, I, I still have to deal heavily with the Cleveland police. Um, you know, is there going to be an intricate part into this transformation that I'm trying to do in the Buckeye-Wood Hill neighborhood here in Cleveland? Um, and a Citizens Review Board is something that actually I think could go a long way um, because I think it would entice them more to... Get involved in the community to help try to reduce some of the bad interactions that are happening uh, with police and or to help reduce the crime in general and have a better, you know, civilian police relationship. So I I would like to see this pass um, because I just I think it's it could be an important, uh, um, you know, demonstration and model that other larger cities You know, could follow, and if you could see some of these Democratic-run cities, right? I mean, that's that's the big com- the big thing with Trump and, and the Republicans. Oh, all the Democratic cities are overrun with crime. Well, this could be a way where Democratic cities could see the type of police reform that um, that they need, right? Where, but it takes out the 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 you know the mayor that's elected, who's typically a Democrat in these in, in these places, and you could see things get better without it being this sort of Harsh thing that right. has a you know like a harsh crackdown. My my, now, my big now thing. The, now the other issue too is I, I, a number of police have said you know they're going to retire early, they're going to transfer to the suburbs and all that other stuff. And comp- the, part of the, Cleveland's problem right now is you know a lack of officers willing to do the job. Now I think on some cases that's good because chances are a lot of those guys are dicks, right, and are not good cops. So fuck them. I'm glad they're not there. But if if this does drive out good police on top of bad police, and now you have even a greater shortage, um, and it doesn't pull in people who are willing to, to to be a part of it, then I think it could it could fail because if you have just too many police officers stretched too thin, that's also bad. Even if you have a good system, uh, a good a system like this that could work in place.
1: By the time we record this, record our show next week, this will have been resolved and we need or been voted on, and we'll. We should definitely make sure we talk about that. Um, but I agree. I, I think it's something that uh, represents change, and I'm all for things that don't just do the status quo and say things are great the way they are because they're not. Anyway, man, good talking to you. we got to wrap this up. We are advocacy congress on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for listening. We're done.